the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show live in studio here today. It's coming from the nation's capital and going everywhere. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself, here with us today, our financial and retirement expert. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, so good. I'm uh, excited to be with you here today and uh, excited to hear what we have to talk about with regards to money. Absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about here today as far as uh, money goes and financial planning, investment strategies, what's happening in the markets, the economy. You know, again, I'd like to welcome our, our new listeners on Family uh, Talk Live, Sirius XM 131, as well as our long-term listeners, our long-time listeners in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA 105.1 FM. Live call-in, biblically-based financial planning talk show, just any subject matter that you may have when it comes to investment strategies. The, the mic is wide open. Uh, no questions uh, can be barred, so give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You know, Chris, I like to start the show off each week with um, – uh, what happened in the markets and what's going on in the economy, and and basically this past week, you know, well, first of all, for the you know, the, uh, since 1964, it's the first time that the Dow Jones has had nine straight weeks of gains, starting a year off. Kind of interesting, there, isn't it? And yeah, that's that's a very nice. That's a long track record so far, which is which is very very Can good. Can we do ten? Can we do ten? Right. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see when it when it comes to that. But you know, uh, uh, again, the economy is very strong right now. Um, jobs, wages are rising. Stocks are rising. Stocks aren't overpriced though, and they're not underpriced. They're fairly valued right now. And when we take a look at what's driving. The the economy right now, you know, it's it's pretty much everything. You know, a lot of, a lot of stocks are, are you know, there's there's starting to be talk now on Wall Street about what sector is going to lead this year. Is it going to be technology? Is it going to be healthcare? Is, is it going to be small cap? Is it going to be international? And you look across the board, and they're all up. And and you know, people are starting to say, well, I think it's going to end up being this and that and the other. You know what? That just bodes to to. Uh, what all the books say, which is have a well-diversified, balanced approach. Own a little bit of a lot of different things. You know, make sure that you're diversified along the way. Some of the market news this week or headline news that, that sort of helped elevate the, the markets on Friday, yesterday, 
was it appears that that the talks with China regarding trade seem to be cooperative and moving forward in a, in a positive light. Uh, both uh, uh, both sides have said that they they feel a deal can be reached, although it's not guaranteed, and and that's going to be good. You know, uh, nobody wants to to uh, see those those talks break down. Uh, pe- people want to see progress in a positive way. Find a win-win solution uh, for for everybody, and and then that way supply chains aren't messed up, and and uh, we don't have to worry too too much about things. Another headline risk is Brexit. What's going to happen over there? Is it going to be a hard Brexit or or an easy cooperative one? So you know, and then uh, you know, on the docket coming up next month is the Federal Reserve. Fed's going to be meeting again. <clears throat> June 18th and 19th to discuss interest rates and and what they they have to say. Now they just this past week they released their their minutes uh, for for their January meetings and and things look pretty positive from the standpoint of saying hey you know what we're we're kind of happy with where we are. Sure, everybody like interest rates to be a little bit higher, but there's not really the data warranting that right now. So they're going to be data dependent moving forward. So from that standpoint, things look pretty good when it, when you boil down to it. So kind of kind of a boring synopsis there, but hey, boring is pretty good when you when you're talking about the you no, know the economy. Better than catastrophic going the other direction, that's for sure. That's correct. But you know, we we will have volatility this year. We will see stocks move up and down. You know, some of the key technicals uh, are pushing up against the. Uh, uh, resistance level. So we'll see if we move through some of these things and, and uh, find some new highs uh, in, in in the coming months. So, so for the average person, though, when he's looking at this economy or when you're looking at this economy, it just it doesn't really change a lot in how you handle your day-to-day stuff, right? You're still doing your dollar cost averaging and things of that nature? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me expand on that a little bit, Chris. You know, I've, I've over the years, I've when, when, when markets are really good or markets are really bad, Especially when markets are really good, I I get this question a lot from people all across the country. And and the question goes something along the lines of, hey, you know, things things look really good right now. Maybe we should load up and and take a little bit more risk. And, And, yeah, I understand that. You want to make hay while the sun is shining, no doubt about that. But you don't want to move too far out of your comfort risk zone, okay? Invest in what you're comfortable with. Remember, when when the markets are moving up, as they have been so far this year, yeah, you can get a little bit more risk, but don't take too much because when it comes back down, you might not like the end result of it and end up selling out at the bottom of something. So so you don't want to do too much. You, you want to make sure that your portfolio is balanced, and, and that, that goes to the, the risk assessment of your portfolio. You know, there's a term in the industry called beta, and the S&P 500 has a beta of 1.00. So you line up all of your investments, throw them into some different software packages, and it'll tell you what your risk level is. Maybe you have a risk level or a beta of, let's say, 0.9, meaning you're 10% less risky than the market, or one that says you're, you're, you're 1.15, meaning you're 15% more risky than the market. The question then becomes, to, to, to answer your question, is that correct? And the answer is yes. It depends on your risk. Some people are going to want to have a, a, a risk level 15% more. Some people are going to have one 10% less or, or 30% less. It just depends the time of the stage of life you're in, when you're going to need some dollars, whether college funding, retirement planning, different things like that, or, or you know, just the steady eddy approach. Hey, you know what? I don't want 
too little gains or I don't want too, too you know I, I don't want too many losses and I don't want too much gains I just want to sort of cruise in the middle there so there's all different ways to sort of construct the portfolio holdings and 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 hold have them hold up under under times of volatility when you know like we had last quarter so yeah you don't really want to change too much and that is something that you want to take a look at uh, whether you do it yourself or with your financial advisor uh, and and ask them you know hey what is my risk level in my investments you know what would what has to take place in order for my investments to perform in a wonderful way and what has to take place in order for my investments to not do so well and think about all the factors that go into to the markets being moved either up or down you know what happens if interest rates spike up what happens if oil prices spike up what happens if there's a geopolitical event? What happens if, if uh, uh, you know, inflation comes in? What happens if corporate earnings take a dive? All these different factors, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them and dozens more. How, how do they each one affect your positions and your holdings? Those are the questions that you need to go into, you know, and, and that's some of the things that when we sit down with clients, we'll, we'll – we'll, uh, push and pull stress test on portfolios to take a look at things like that. Well, nothing's so. stopping you from taking advantage of the blue light special on those stocks, say, at Walmart, right? I mean, if they're coming down, you want to grab a little bit of that. If you can, if you've got a little extra money on the table, right? Yeah, you always want to, you know, if, if you like a if you like a stock at, at, at $30 a share and it dips down to $25 a share, you know, well, you might even want to like it more. <laughs> yeah. What's the reason that it dipped down? Is it is it... You know, is it a circumstantial issue uh, that that's going to be fixed in, in in a few months, or is it, you know, structural? Uh, so you got to do a little bit of research on that, definitely. And then that goes from a macro approach as well with the overall economy. So, um, uh, but you know, things look pretty good there. And uh, uh, so I see we're going to come up to a quick break here. Let's uh, let's open up the phone lines and uh, have you all give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember... It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. 
You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Nationwide, coast to coast, it's Larry Rosenthal here with us this morning. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call. It's 855-ROSE-123. Got some things coming up that are exciting just around the corner, right, Larry? We've got some... Uh, we do, Chris. We have another seminar event that's going to take place yep. over uh, just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. It's uh, in Catonsville. It's going to be at a place called Turf Valley Country Club, Turf Valley Resort there. Uh, very nice resort. It's going to be on March 19th, and there's going to be two sessions that day. The topic is going to be going from – the topic is called Going from Taxable to Tax-Free, How to Enhance Your Heirs. Um, uh, you know, uh, how to enhance things from a tax perspective for your heirs. I like that four-letter uh, word. It's my favorite one in the book. Free. Tax-free. Tax-free. There you go. Yep, yep. That's two so we're going to be having two two sessions that day. Uh, the first one starts at 1 in the afternoon, and it goes to 2.30. And then the second one is uh, from 6.30 to 8. So you can pick either one. It's the same material on either one. There's no cost for it. And the, the refreshments and the meals and things are, are, are complimentary. Uh, so uh, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and go ahead and register right there. We just uh, finished one up last week um, on the differences with the pros and cons of Roth IRAs and, and how, that uh, how to convert. It went very, very well. Had lots of lots of people there, good response, lots of questions and things. So go check it out on my website, LarryRosenthal.com. But meanwhile, let's shoot on over to Maryland and welcome Stephen on the line. Good morning, Stephen. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Larry. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? How can I help you, sir? Yes, um, I had a question um, pertaining to um, retirement plan. Um, I um, I was actually in both uh, local here in uh, the D.C. area, and um, I don't I no longer work for them, but um, my retirement plan is actually still with them. And I was just checking my statement, and between both of them, um, I there was a loss of about ten thousand uh, dollars between uh, the current time here in, in 2018. So I was wondering, as far as moving forward, um, what should I do with that retirement plan? As far as um, should I um, move it uh, to another uh, institute? Hey, Stephen, are you on a are you on a cell phone, or are you are, can you go to to your regular like, off of a speaker? Are you kind of giving us? Oh uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm on a cell phone. Okay. Are you on so I, I, I think I got it. Stephen, you have two questions in there. One is, you know, how do you pair off the losses that you had last quarter? And two, do you keep your money at your old employer's plan? So let's let, let's talk about the first one first here. You know, the, the last quarter of last year, the, the market fell due to a lot of uh, stuff with the Fed and, and fears and things like that. And that's all behind us now. So I would submit that if you didn't make any changes – um, or very few that that the uh, account balance is probably back up towards where it was before it started falling off last October, November, December. So check that out first of all, uh, just to make sure. And then the second thing on top of that is you asked, you know, what you can do with money that's left at an old employer's plan. And there's basically four things you can do. One, you can leave it where it is. Two, you can roll it over to a new employer's plan. 
Three, you can cash it out and spend it. And then four, you can also roll it over to your own IRA. So let's just break these down real quick. By leaving it at your own employer, you, you, you may have a low-cost opportunity there, but your investment choices are very, very limited in scope to only what's inside the employer's plan. Most employers have a very small menu of items that you can choose from. So you might not be able to get everything that's available out there in the marketplace, especially if you wanted to 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 go into like different places such as healthcare, technology, international small stocks, you know, all different things. So you're very limited to your 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 choices to invest in. Then if you cash it out and put it in your pocket, obviously you have to pay a lot of tax on it. That's probably not the best option. Third one, moving it to your new employer if you are working, if they allow for that to happen, and most of them do, Stephen. Then you're going to find yourself in another limited menu of choices, again, in most cases. I'd have to really see what the lineup is, but most employers have, again, a small, limited uh, uh, menu of choices. And then the fourth one is rolling it over to your IRA. Here, in most cases, you can invest in pretty similar things that your old employer has or your new employer but in addition to that, you have you have the breadth of the marketplace. You can put, put money into any places that you want that goes inside of an IRA. So there's a greater opportunity for investment diversification and choices by putting it into your own IRA. So those are the four things that you can do with it. So what I would say to you here is check your balances today and see if they're back up towards where they were. And then uh, if you want, we can send you out information on how you do a, a rollover so that you don't don't make it a taxable event. You want to make sure that you do it from institution to institution and not have the checks made out to you or else there could be a tax issue. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, uh, yes, it does. Okay, I appreciate the phone call. Hey, I see you're over in the Baltimore area. You know, we're going to be having a, a seminar on March 19th at Turf Valley Country Club there, and it's going to be called Going from Taxable to Tax-Free. So if you want, I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you, and we'll send you out the information on how you can go about doing different types of rollovers. Appreciate the phone call. Again, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. You can visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and like us and follow us on Facebook. You know, each week we send out a small little piece of financial education that you can use. And, uh, you know, we're not going to bombard Facebook with, with stuff, not at all. It's just once a week we'll send well, puppies, out. Puppies, there's cats or anything n- up there? No, nothing like that at all. We're just going to send out, you know, uh, short sweet little tidbits useful of financial education that's exactly right we want it to be useful uh for you um and so that so that there is some value there for you that's one of our goals yeah. here is to provide some financial education for for people in addition to that you know last week chris in the in uh, one of the seminars that i did over there uh, i asked the audience i said um i said uh, hey does anybody want to hear any subjects next week when I'm on the radio show. And, and a lady raised her hand and she said, I'd, I'd like to hear you talk a little bit about, you know, estate planning, mm-hmm. trusts. And she was a little confused, I think. She said, you know, I'm not sure if I need a trust or if I, or if I have to have a trust. And what are the pros and cons and the do's and don'ts? So that's one of the things I want to talk about today here is just some basics in estate planning. I mean, I could I could speak for hours and hours on, on proper ways to do estate planning. But right now, I just want to break it down 
and talk a little bit about some of the fundamentals, the basic steps in estate planning regarding a trust. So there's different types of trust out there. We're going to talk about the, the, the basic garden variety revocable living trust. So, so here's the way things can play out. Let's pretend we've got a you know husband, wife, and a couple of kids. Um, you know, the, the 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 parents they pass. Now, how does the money go to the kids? Well, it can go directly outright to them through through a beneficiary form transfer on death or whatever. But what happens if one of the children you say, you know what? You know, one, one of the children, I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to manage the money that well. So you could actually open up what's called a revocable living trust and make the trust the, benef- the owner and beneficiary of that account so that if you and your spouse pass, the money falls right into the trust. There's a trustee assigned to it, and then basically the language that you put yourself into the trust that says, hey, for my children, I want them to get you know, 10% each year of the principal for five years, and then if they have a college degree or if they're married or, or whatever stipulations you put in there, then they can go ahead and get the balance of it. Um, or you could stretch it out for a long, long time. So, so the purpose of a trust is, is a couple of things. One, when money goes into the trust, it avoids probate. So there's no time delays, court costs, attorney's fees, things like that, because there's a named beneficiary, that being the trust. So the courts know how to pass. The, 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 there's, there's no subjectivity to the court. It automatically passes, and it's private. Um, in addition to that, people receive what's called a stepped-up basis in value. And this is important. This is actually one of the things we're going to be talking about next month on March 19th at our seminar over in Maryland, a stepped-up basis in value. And here's the way that plays out. you know. And, and a lot of people don't know this, and, and there's a lot of tax savings involved just by having the right titling on an investment account. And people overlook this all the time, and I see tax mistakes happening all the time with this. So, so you have a joint account, Mr. and Mrs. Joint's joint account. Let's suppose over the course of time you've put, let's say, $200,000 into this account. And then uh, you, know, you, you both pass somehow. But at that point, the account's worth, or, or let's let's say, uh, Mister dies. Now Mrs. owns everything, and at that point, the the account's worth three hundred thousand dollars, right? Now all of a sudden, the trust owns this account, and the beneficiary of the trust is uh, are the children. So then. If Mrs. passes, the surviving spouse in this case, in this example, passes, then the dollars will go down to the kids, and they receive a stepped-up basis in value. In other words, they receive the $300,000. They can sell it all off and pay no taxes. Where the mistake falls is that usually the surviving spouse will say, you know what, Um, I I, want to make sure that that my kids get this, so I'm just going to put them on as a joint owner on the account. And now all of a sudden... The kids assume the prior $200,000 cost basis, so when they sell it, they could have taxes on $100,000 just by not understanding how to title the account correctly. And so those are some of the basics when it comes to the building blocks in, in estate planning 
when you take a look at the pros and cons of having a trust or not. I actually have a kit. If you're interested, I'll be happy to send it out to you. It's, it's just called the Basics in Estate Planning, and it, and it just lists out all these do's and don'ts and things like that. If you want it, go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. be more than happy to, to send you out some of that material. But uh, understand, and, and then another another. Uh, tool that a revocable living trust can work for is if you have a, a special needs child. So there you want to have a component of the trust become what's called special needs. And, and you know, in our country, there's a lot of people that have special needs children, and you need to have a special type of a trust set up, a trust that can be set up so that it doesn't uh, hurt any any type of, of government assistance money that, that the child is, is eligible for as well. So a um, little, little fine-tuning when it, when it comes to all of this. So you really have to stop and think to yourself, how do I want to give assets to our, our children or to our heirs, and do I need to protect any of them from themselves? Because, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah because that's one of the problems is, yeah. is you know, 96% of the time, assets that transfer from one generation to the next don't make it to the third generation. It's like when if you're, if you're actually, when you think about that, it's, it's like it's Christmas for them, right? That, oh, I've got all these things. I can just spend all this money. They don't, if they're younger and they don't have a lot of maturity with financing, it's, it's like this is all available to me now to spend, and they don't think about the future. They don't think about their, you know, what's going to be done if you're too young and not mature in, them, in, their, in their understanding. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really describe it as Christmas, but I would describe it as, you know, hey, there's, there's, sure. there's yeah. you know, dollars that, that, that come in. You need to have a plan. Uh, with with these dollars and and you know when 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 we do a financial plan we try and tie the three generations together so that it minimizes the tax exposure when dollars pass when money passes from one spouse to another Usually it's tax-free. It's when it goes to a non-spousal person that the IRS gets involved. Hey, I see we've got to take a quick break here. Let's pop those lines open again. Chris, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, if you have questions on estate planning, insurance, taxes, mortgages, investments, your retirement plans at work, give us a call, 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 
or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial that number now if you'd like to. We've got some lines available for you to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Chris, a lot of times we, we, we speak with people, and, and well, we always do, and there's lots of questions about understanding what you own. And I want to talk about diversification versus diversification. <laughs> and this is, this is something that we see all the time. Came up last week in our, in our seminar, and it's, it's pretty serious because you end up having too much of your money in one concentrated area, and, and it's, it's a challenge. A lot of people will have multiple mutual funds in different accounts or multiple ETFs and stocks in different accounts. And when you take a look at it, you've got a fund that says, you know, XYZ growth fund. Um, then you have another one that says XYZ um, low dividend or XYZ value or whatever it may be, XYZ high dividend, whatever it may be. And come to find out behind the scenes or inside the ETFs or inside those mutual funds have a lot of the same holdings behind the scenes. So you might think you have 8, 10, 15 different positions, but behind the scenes, you might have 80% of your money in the same place, the same index. Maybe it's large companies uh, blend or whatever it may be. So one of the things that you need to do is really sit down, and, and you can go to, to different software packages or, or, or work with your advisor or, or, or call us, and we'll be happy to do it for you, and throw it into software, Zephra, Morningstar, and the list goes on and on. And these software packages will, will sort of reach in and look at all the different underlying holdings inside your ETFs or your mutual funds, whether it's an open-end mutual fund or a closed-end mutual fund or, or whatever it may be, because that way you can really see what your true diversification is. Uh, so, so that, and that can reduce risk. You know, simply by adding another asset class, you can, in most cases, reduce risk, which gives you a, a chance for a little bit better performance. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, welcome Eugene on the line. Good morning, Eugene. How are you today? Good. Glad to run across your show. Sure, absolutely. How can I help you, sir? Uh, let me explain what my situation is, see if I, I've done everything. Um, I haven't gone to Trustway. Uh, if you look at, took, stood back and looked at all my assets, they're basically in six different places. Two banks, uh, a, a bro separate brokerage account, and uh, several families of mutual funds. And in every single case, uh, whether, and most of it, most of it I'd say is joint, although the brokerage account is in my name only. Um, and in every single case, everything that we own except the, uh, let's say the house, and the car, uh, we have put, uh, I'm not sure if it's POD or TOD on everything. Uh-huh, it's either uh, TOD for investments or POD at banks. Yep. Right, right, right. In other words, for the brokerage account for me, my wife is primary, and the two children are 50-50. And then on the things that are jointly held, even those things at mutual funds, we have uh, the children as 50-50. Uh, we have wills, and we have powers of attorney for each one of us for the other. And I don't see the need, the need to do anything else. 
Well, the advantage of a, of a TOD or a POD registration in an account, Eugene, is simply that if both whoever is the account over and they pass, then that's going to be a named beneficiary form, and it passes to the the beneficiary, and it avoids probate. It goes right there. So, so if if yep, that's perfect. Now, <clears throat> based on what we were talking about earlier in the show. If there's another issue, like, for example, let's suppose that, that – and I don't know what your family situation is, so I'll just make up examples here, okay? Because let, let's suppose one child, you, you're not, you don't have a lot of faith that he or she can manage the money. Then you may want to put a trust in place because the trust can help uh, – you can put language in the trust to protect the beneficiary from themselves from, from that standpoint, whereas POD and TOD – We'll give them the money 100% right away. There's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on your faith in the beneficiary receiving it. Then go down the line a little bit further and say, you know what, if there's a marriage with the kids and then we could have grandkids one day down the road, do you want to ensure that there's bloodline protection for assets? And that's where a trust will come in. But from what you're talking about here in the very basic steps, you've, you've knocked the cover off the ball. It's a very uh, good job as far as that goes. Well, in my opinion, there's one advantage of death. There's nothing to worry about after that. <laughs> you don't have to worry about things here. That's uh, for amen. sure, right? Okay. right there you. you go. Sounds pretty good, Eugene. Yep, right. appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. And that's sort of the second half, Chris. You know, you take a look at a football game or a basketball game, mm-hmm. and they have different quarters and breaks and halves and things like that. And most people only focus on the first half, and that is accumulating assets. Assets. That's what a lot of people are driving towards is, is the accumulation of assets. You know, how much can we make? How much can we save? How much can we grow? And and when you when you take that and you under, then you have to look at well, what happens in the second part of this when you're done with the money? When you're done with the home? How is it going to pass to a spouse to a non-spousal beneficiary? That's very important, and that's what Eugene did, mm-hmm. uh, did did right there. Very good, and there's different ways to go about doing it. Again, in my kit, the basics in estate planning, it breaks them all down and explains it. If you want to get a copy of that, go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email, and we'll be happy to send you out the basics in estate planning. And the conversation kind of reminds me of of uh, Paul's letter in Philippians, chapter 3, I think verse 14. It says, um, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm. And, you know, really thinking about this, you know, the, the difference here with, with man's economy and God's economy a little bit is, is uh, you know, in, in man's economy, we're tr- striving to get as many assets as we possibly can all the time. But we understand that they're, they're the Lord's and we want to press them back into his Purposes. I could turn it over to him. His will to be God. You also get a lot of, uh, you get a sort of satisfaction. You get some peace. You know, if you turn it over to him, it, it doesn't worry you as much. You know, those are things that finance normally does. It can cause trouble in a marriage. It can cause all kinds of trouble if, if you're not relying on the Lord. There's a lot of truth to that, Chris. Yeah. You know, and de- de- definitely, especially you know when you and 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 more more of it in, in Hebrews twelve one. Therefore, since we have. Uh, so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, people watching us, right? Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and 
and the sun, which is so easily, I'm sorry, and the sin, which is so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Again, that breaks down God's economy and man's economy a little bit when you're taking a look at that. Where the dollar is going to go? How are we going to use the dollars to to provide for our families, right? Okay, through college and retirement and food and, and health care. But yet at the same time, how are we also going to, to uh, you know, let the Lord take use of these, these dollars and assets for, for his purposes and, and his kingdom? Let's go ahead and welcome Lee on the line from the district. Good morning, Lee. How are you? morning how are you this morning i'm doing well how can i help you yes uh, my mom is a senior and i have since moved her in my home she has existing properties and various accounts with um, wealth management firms and we currently have i currently have power of attorney and um, i'm listed on some of her wealth management accounts um, with her properties though do we need to implement additional, like, power, I'm sorry, um, like uh, a will, or do we need to implement other, you know, substantial documents to ensure that I'm protected and I won't have to go to probate and I won't have to go to court just to get property that she's left yes. in my name? Yes, you do. Does, uh, is, is your name on the house or is the house titled TOD or is a, does a trust own the properties? Sure. The name is titled still in her house, and we're currently renting it. Okay, so then if something happens to your mom, then it's in her estate, and that would have to go through probate unless the title of the house is changed to mom's house, TOD, meaning transfer on death, then to Lee. That way the house would automatically go to you and avoid probate, okay? Okay. Or... It's mom's house owned by a revocable living trust, and then mom says, this is what I want to have happen with the house. I want it to be sold and split up between siblings and and all that kind of stuff. So think about the asset being owned by your mom, and then if something happens to her, how does that asset transfer? And if there's no paper that says this is how it transfers, then it will go through probate. Okay. Very helpful. Thank you so much. Good morning. You're welcome. Appreciate the phone call. Go to my website and like us on Facebook and follow us, and we'll be sending out some information like this for you. Let's go ahead and welcome on the line Suzette from Mississippi. Good morning, Suzette. How are you? Good morning. I'm quite well, thank you, and I hope you are too. I am. How can I help you? Well, this is a question. Um, My sister's husband passed away four years ago and put everything in trust, and the trust clearly states that it will cover her medical costs. And because she was so unsettled for several years with his death, she's just now getting things together and filed for her medical expenses for the last four years. And the trust is denying to pay them anything but the current year. And um, she just didn't know where to go and what to do. And I didn't know if it was a, a question for a financial advisor or, or a lawyer or where she needs to go be. So the the trustee has a, a has a responsibility to act in the best interest of the ultimate beneficiaries or the beneficiaries, excuse me, in the trust. That's the crux of everything. So you know, if if the that that's sort of the argument as to why it, the trust would not release funds for medical bills that were clearly designed to be covered. She just never submitted them, basically from my understanding of what you're saying. So I'd ask the trustee how to explain that is what I would do. Well, they're just saying they just don't um, refund back request past the current year. 
and it just didn't seem right. And I told her she needed to see a lawyer, but I just wanted to make sure I was giving her sound advice because, in my yeah, opinion, I mean, it clearly stated. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who. You know, I'm. I'm not an, an attorney for sure, and I don't know what's inside that trust. So I would probably say, you know, you might want to visit one and just have uh, an attorney, him or her, read that read that trust and and see why they would not uh, fund it back because the trust is there for the benefit of the beneficiaries. Correct. And uh, so I just wanted to confirm, and I appreciate your time, and I will pass this information on to her. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Join the discussion, 855-767-3123. Let's welcome John on the line from Arkansas. Good morning, John. How are you? Well, it's actually Charles, but uh, I have a question. I retired a few years ago when I have my money still in a 401k with a beneficiary on it. But I don't know how that works. If something happens to me, is that money that goes to my daughter, is it taxable? Or do I need to do something different like a trust? Or is there any way that as far as to meet the taxes? So, Charles, if it's money that's inside a 401K plan that's never been taxed before, then, oops, I hit the wrong button there. Charles, you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm sorry about that. If if it's money that's never in, that's that's inside a four hundred one k and your daughter's the beneficiary and the, it's never been taxed before, then when the money if if you pass the money's going to come out, it's going to be hers, and she has a couple of ways that she can receive these dollars. One, she can take it in a lump sum, and it's all taxable to her, assuming this money's never been taxed before, and then two. She can take what's called the the stretch option. If your beneficiary form is filled out correctly, it'll, it'll entitle her to to take it all if she chooses, but or if she doesn't want to and she wants it to continue to grow for her future benefit, then she's just going to be required to take a little bit out each year. It's called the stretch IRA. So so that's the scenario there, and it all depends on how the beneficiary form is actually filled out. So if you want, I can have someone reach out to you next week and and talk to you about that and give you some information on that because it's very important because she could actually be be subject to an unnecessary tax if the forms aren't filled out correctly. Well, I would appreciate any information that might help me, but even if it goes to a trust, it's the same way, correct? It's still taxable. Well, it is taxable. First of all, you're not going to eliminate taxes on in this scenario you can only minimize and defer okay so if the beneficiary is a trust of retirement plan dollars then that trust has to have a special provision in it and it has to be it has to act like what's called a conduit trust in other words it has to have a pass through provision so that so that it doesn't all become taxable so it's a special a uh, couple of paragraphs, if you will, inside a, a trust in order for that to, to take place. So it is possible to do what you're talking about, okay? You can combine a trust with your wishes on, on distributing assets, but there's certain rules with the IRS that you have to have inside the trust in order for it to be a little bit more tax efficient for your ultimate beneficiaries. Well, I sure would appreciate any information that you could make available to me. 
Yes, sir, Charles. I'll go ahead and I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your information, contact information, and we'll, we'll have someone give you a ring and get into a little bit more detail and send you out some literature on it. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Again, you can catch me on March 19th over at Turf Valley Country Club and Resort in Catonsville or, or just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. We're going to be having two seminars that, that day. The first one starts at 1 in the afternoon, goes to 2.30, and then the second one is from 6.30 to 8 p.m. There's no cost for the seminars, and the refreshments and and uh, and things are, are, are complimentary. They're free. We're going to be going over the concept of going from taxable to tax-free, how to increase the, the value for your heirs uh, and charities. So it's going to be uh, 90 minutes packed with all types of information, some of the same subject matter that we've been talking about here today. You can go over to my website, Larry Rosen com and register right there or simply give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Go to the website LarryRosenthal.com and you can register for that upcoming seminar as well. Let's shoot on over to uh, Gaithersburg and welcome Lisa on the line. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. I just have a really quick question. Um, if someone is thinking of... Uh, getting a reverse mortgage if they run out of money and they become ill and need some nursing care, then how, I mean, what is their, will they have any resources to do that? Well, yeah, I mean, there's still, there's always, when, when you get a reverse mortgage to, to get more income to come in, um, there's still equity left inside the house. And ultimately, if you did sell the house, you would just settle up with the company giving the reverse mortgage, and then you'd, you'd take, take the balance that's left. Before you go into a reverse mortgage situation, though, Lisa, let me explain that there's three alternatives. I'm sorry, two alternatives. You have three ways to turn equity in your home into income like this. One is the, the traditional reverse mortgage, which gives you the least amount of money, by the way. The other two is a trade down where maybe mom just sells the house and takes all the equity out of it and moves into a condo, an apartment, or another house and just rents. Okay, That way you're getting all the equity out of it because a reverse mortgage is not going to come close to giving you all the equity out of it. The third way is what's called a a sale leaseback where mom says, hey, you know what? I don't want to move, but I want to tap into the equity for expenses. Here you just sell the home to an adult child, maybe to you in this case, and you have a lease guaranteeing mom that she can stay there for the rest of her life. This way she doesn't have to move, but she sells the entire property to you or to another adult child, and and she taps into all the equity there for, for those types of expenses. So there's three ways from a financial planning perspective to to utilize the concept of reverse mortgages. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but I guess I'm concerned about what if the – I guess she could run out of money essentially, and then that would be it, correct? Well, yes, if she does run out of money, then if you're, if you're leaning towards that scenario, unfortunately, then maybe you do what's just called a trade-down where she sells the home today and moves into a different place than she rents. That way you have the money there, okay, and, and you know, there, there's no risk of you having to hold that real estate property. Got it. Okay, you thank know, you very so, much. 
You're welcome. If you like, I can get you some information on that. I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and we can send you out some information on that, Lisa. Appreciate the phone call. Let's welcome uh, Woody on the line from South Carolina. Good morning, Woody. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Thanks uh, Thanks for your time. Um, I just turned 62 this year. I uh, retired from the Marine Corps 20 years ago, and I'm in commission sales right now uh, with an insurance company. And just a question whether I should go ahead and start uh, taking my Social Security benefits. Don't need it, but thinking being maybe just take that reduced amount and just invest it every month in something or just wait till uh, I guess I'm 66 and and take the benefit then. So, Woody, you have a couple of choices here, and one is if you're, if you're earning income that you have to pay FICA tax on, you know, and you said you're in commission yeah. sales with an insurance company, so you are earning income. Here's the scenario. At 62, if you make more, it's just it's right around $18,000. If you make more than $18,000 and you're taking Social Security, then you're going to have to start paying it back. So if, okay. if you're making, let's say, $30,000 from your commission sales, then no, I would tell you not to take Social Security. If you're making seventeen, eighteen thousand, okay, and you have the ability to control what you make there, since you're in your, the commission sales, then you can tap into Social Security and you can get both the Social Security and your earnings. So, okay. so just remember, there's a threshold there. If you take Social Security before your normal retirement age, and you mentioned sixty-six then then you, you are limited to what you can earn. Once you hit your normal retirement age, in your case 66 or over, whatever the age is, then you can earn an unlimited amount of money and take Social Security at the same time. But it's just in that okay. corridor those few years ahead of time. So, so that's the math behind the scenario right there. Okay. One last question. Is the military retirement, is that considered income? It is considered taxable income, but not against the Social Security because you're not paying okay. FICA tax on it. So it's not earned. It's not deemed earned gotcha. income. Now, it will go against you when you're 65 and you, and you get on Medicare, you know, but it, it's yeah. not good. And it will go against you when you're, you're looking at your uh, taxation of Social Security once you start taking it. But it will not okay. count against you towards your earnings in that formula there's there's three crazy formulas when we start getting into this here and and the answer to your question is you're fine with with the first solution right there it's not going to it's not going to okay. go against you there okay. okay thanks very much appreciate it absolutely appreciate the phone call you listen to making money sense larry rosenthal show give us a ring at 855 rose 123 when you go to my website larry rosenthal you can uh check out or larryrosenthal.com you can check out uh, the radio tab, and each week on the radio tab, we have subject matters that we, we, we highlight and talk about. You can download it and things like that. And, and this week, it's kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit. It's, you know, retirement income, where is it going to come from? What are the sources that really give you the deliverance of your retirement income to sustain your standard of living? And, and so I've got a list there, and I want to just expand a little bit on there's a There's a nice little video there, so, so you can check it out again on the website under the radio tab. But where are we going to garner our income from in retirement years? Everybody's heard the adage, you know, oh, just sit back and let the interest, you know, kick in and live off the interest, right? Well, interest isn't that large these days. Dividends aren't that large these days. So where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from a combination of, of several different things, and, and one of them are, is interest. Um, whether or not you, you know, the different types of interest, whether it's tax-free or taxable interest will help 
pile money into to your retirement uh, uh, cash flow. Dividends. Uh, what type of dividends are, are there out there? There's there's dividends that, that are, you know, small, dividends that are large. just depends on how, how much risk you want in, in the principal. Uh, what about money in annuities? Annuities are designed to the primary investment objective of an annuity is to deliver a guaranteed base of income to you. Uh, how about a systematic withdrawal plan? A systematic withdrawal plan is a way – there are mutual funds that are specifically designed listen, – listen to this here. There are mutual funds that are specifically designed to deliver to you income each month. Let's suppose you want to take $1,500 a month out. You take that flat $1,500 a month out, and each quarter – the mutual fund will reinvest the dividends and any capital gains for the year and the interest earnings right back in and buy more shares. So, so the idea of a systematic withdrawal plan is, is you're going to pull out the same amount of money each month regardless of what's going on in the markets. And then the fund itself is going to reinvest back to buy fractional shares over time for you to help try to replace some of that as well as the growth in, in the share value over time. And there are funds that are out there designed specifically to do this. These are funds that, that, that do very, very well. They, they, they have a balance mixed inside of them, like maybe they're, they're a 60-40 split between stocks and bonds or a 70-30 split between stocks and bonds. And those are the types of funds that are designed for this. And when we sit down with clients, and this is one of the things that I want you to look into your portfolios, as you're thinking about what's in your retirement plan, the government TSP, your 401K plan, your plan at the school systems, the 403Bs, the 457s, your brokerage accounts, your IRAs, ask yourself in your mind, which line item, which mutual fund is designed? to kick out income for me when I get to retirement because we need to make sure that there's one in there. That way you're going to be able to have that type of a systematic withdrawal during your retirement years. It's very important to really take a look at that and sort of unpack that. Another place that you're going to get income from in retirement years obviously is Social Security. The Social Security question, the timing of Social Security, like our prior caller there, the, the timing of when to take Social Security is a huge financial decision. It's one of the largest financial decisions in your life, actually. One of them, not the, but one of them. And, and it's, it's uh, 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 very important. We, we, we use, help people with, with that choice, uh, how to maximize Social Security. Just, just because you're going to take it, let's say, at 64, doesn't mean your neighbors should take it at 64 either. It all depends on, on their tax scenario, their working, their income needs, standard of living. And then working after retirement also is a way that, that people get uh, uh, supplemental income in retirement years. Another overlooked option, too, is option trading. Pension ha- uh, uh, pe- People will, will, will do some option trading in accounts. They will sell calls to, to get cash infused into their portfolios for retirement. It's always a little purposes. complicated, though, it seems like, doesn't it? Like, options are not it always that It can be very complicated if you make it. If you stick to the basics, then it's really not all that complicated, Chris. But, but you know, and then pension income as well. So, so those are the eight or nine ways that income gets put into your checking account, I guess you would call it, during your retirement years. And a lot of those ways you do it without selling the principal shares 
of your investments, except for the the uh, uh, the systematic withdrawal plan. So so a lot of times it's it's kind of interesting when somebody really doesn't understand. Well, how do I turn all these savings into streams of income? You know, from reliable sources in the most tax efficient manner to maintain my standard of living in retirement years. And so there's a little tidbit on there on my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Just click on the radio tab and you'll see some of these explanations right there. So uh, kind of good. And, and, you know, some recent surveys are out right now, too, talking about retirement income. 36% of workers surveyed said that, that, I'm sorry. Of the, of the workers that were surveyed, 36% of them said that Social Security will end up being a, a, a major source of their retirement income. The reality is 67% of them said it is. Mm. So stop and think about that for, for, for just a moment there. You know, when, when you have uh, uh, Social Security making up the lion's share of your retirement income. Hey, visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the seminar button there and go ahead and register for our seminar upcoming on March 19th over in Catonsville, Maryland. The, the no cost for the seminar and the, and the refreshments are complimentary. We're going to be talking about going from taxable to tax-free, how to enhance the legacy for your heirs and charities. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Appreciate your work today, fellas. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Go ahead and give us a ring or shoot us off an email with any of your questions during the week. We'll talk to you then. Have a great week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.